greatest treasure. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. Beloved, let me invite you to turn there with me this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. This is where we will study together this morning. Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21. Several years back, an older pastor who had been in ministry longer Then I looked at me and said, we get, David, we get one nickel in this life. We get one nickel to spend. And because we only get one little nickel, it matters how we spend that nickel. He said to me, you know, if we get 20 nickels, if you get 20 in this life, maybe you can see wasting one, you know, here or there. But we don't get 20. We get one. And it matters what we do with that precious little nickel of our life. Church family, in this life, even even if you live to be a hundred years old, we get one short, brief, fleeting life. One in the scope of eternity, one brief nickel to invest and to spend. We get one brief shot, just one, just one, one shot at taking all that God has given to us, all that He has blessed us with from our salvation and the gospel that we love and believe, down to the resources which we have, we get one shot to use all that God has given us to advance His gospel, to evangelize the lost, to see the name of Christ go to the ends of the earth, and to see men and women, boys and girls, come to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You get One shot at that. C.T. Studd, English missionary late 1800s into the early 1900s, English missionary to Asia and Africa, he once said this, and it has become so well known in our day, he said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. Only one life, and it is fleeting. Only one life, it'll soon be passed. And when it comes to an end, beloved, only what is done for Christ will last. Church, I want to plead with you this morning. I want to plead with you this morning. I want to plead with you and ask you to consider this question, where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? I want to plead with you and I want to ask you to take all that God has given to you, 
understanding that it is not your own, that you and I are merely stewards of what has been entrusted to us, but to then take it by way of your money, by way of your resources, your possessions, your time, and to not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but to store them up in heaven. I want to plead with you to not waste the one little nickel that you get in this life. To not waste it on earthly things. Earthly things that as we'll find in the text this morning, just don't last. They're not eternal. They're only earthly. And I want to plead with you to instead invest That one precious nickel, that nickel of your life for God's glory and for the advancement of His kingdom. Look at the text with me. So clear, so plain, so direct, so unmistakable as to what the Lord Jesus Christ intends, starting in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want us to think about our treasure this morning. Asking where is it? Where am I storing it? Where am I placing it? And I want us to think about three different truths regarding our treasure. Three truths about our treasure. And the first one is this. That earthly treasure... Beloved, it is eventually lost. Earthly treasure is eventually lost. Every single thing that we have by way of earthly goods, they are eventually, they're lost to you and I. Verse 19 begins with this imperative. This clear command of the Lord, do not. Remember the context of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is preaching, and the big overall theme of the sermon is, I am the King of my kingdom, and if you are a disciple of my kingdom, here is what that life is going to look like for you. So then, verse 19, do not. Store up for yourselves treasures on earth. The word or the phrase to store up. You know what this means. It is not difficult. It means to save. It means to amass. It means to gather. It means, and the imagery here would be that of a, of a barn. And just filling it from, from floor to ceiling. 
from wall to wall with earthly treasure. And Jesus is saying to us, don't do that. Don't try to amass as much of earthly treasure as you can. And notice in verse 19, who is the recipient of this storing up? Do not store up for yourselves, for you, for your desires, for your pleasures, for your wants, for your purposes. And what are we told in verse 19 to not store up for ourselves treasures on earth? So what is the overall idea here? Jesus is calling us to not be preoccupied with the world's goods, with the things of this earth to such a degree that we save, we amass, we gather and store up for self, for me, for mine. We are being called here at the beginning of verse 19 to not love the world nor to love the things of the world. We're being called here to not love money, possessions, toys, trinkets. I mean, even think about the immediate context of chapter 6 where in the previous verses, Jesus has just been talking about doing what you do for the applause of man. We're not storing that up for ourselves either. The issue that Jesus, I think, will make abundantly clear, the issue is not having the world's goods. It's not in the having of the money or the things. But it is the amassing of those things for yourself. The issue here is not being responsible and saving for a rainy day or even for your retirement, but living as though he who has the most toys wins. Storing up treasures on earth, what does that look like? I think we could talk about this all day, really. But I think it looks like the hoarding of goods, of money, of things. Hoarding and taking without giving. Amassing without sharing. Seeing a neighbor in need and withholding the world's goods that you have in your possession. Storing up treasures on earth looks like the pursuit, that ongoing, never-ceasing pursuit of, of more. Just this restless, always thinking about it, dreaming about it, planning to get more. More money. More possessions. Bigger. Bigger and, and nicer. Just the pursuit and the, the consuming, passionate longing to get your hands on more. It's taking what God has given you and not being a faithful steward of it. Oftentimes what happens in that passionate pursuit for more, and sometimes you can even slip into it almost unknowingly or unwillingly, but Storing up treasures on earth looks like using illegal or unethical or unbiblical means to get more, to gain the wealth. It's being consumed with a love of money. 
It's being just consumed by a desire for the goods of this earth. To such a degree, consumed to such a degree that you neglect the most important things. You neglect the Lord. You neglect to be thankful, forgetting that everything that you have comes from the Lord. Forgetting that we are merely stewards of what God has temporarily entrusted to us. It's neglecting service to the Lord. It's neglecting to see the Gospel go to the ends of the earth. It's neglecting relationships that the Lord has entrusted to you. Your marriage, your children, your church family. Storing up treasures on earth is being so consumed with earthly treasure that you think that the sum total of life, that the great end of your existence is to have possessions. I would remind us of Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. Jesus says this, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. Even when, Jesus says, you look around you and you have everything you could possibly want, and, and, and you've, you've searched the earth over, and you have gathered to yourself every precious earthly thing that you could desire. Jesus says, not even then, not even in the excess, in the abundance, does your life consist of possessions. James Boyce said this, that he is not speaking against possessions, only a ruinous preoccupation with them. Let's make sure that we make that distinction in our hearts. It's not in having the, the house, uh, the full bank account, some of the world's goods. It's having a ruinous preoccupation with them. What's the danger of storing up treasures on earth? Look in verse 19 again. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So then, if you live to store up earthly treasure, rest assured that that treasure is going to be eventually lost. And here's what I think you'll find. That the more tightly you try to white-knuckle and hold to the earth's treasures, the more easily they will just slip from your grasp. You'll find that there's never enough money. You'll find that the bills always outpace the income. You'll find in your heart an insatiable desire that you cannot slake. They will eventually be lost. Just think about it. Think about the deteriorating nature of everything that's earthly. 
Jesus says about the cloth, even the finest of cloth. What happens to it? Moths. They eat it. They, they get into your closet and they feast and they, 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 they eat holes in your cloth. Even the most precious metals are consumed over time by rust. And even if moths do not eat holes in your garments, eventually they wear out. You can care for them tediously. But eventually, they're going to wear out. Metal eventually is rusted. Technology grows obsolete. Things depreciate in value. Possessions break. And then think about this. The things that we are, at one time, were so consumed with getting it. We're so consumed with getting it, and we think about it, and we plan for it, and we're consumed by, I got to have it. We pursue it so diligently, eventually, maybe moths don't get it, maybe rust doesn't get it, but eventually, you just get bored with it. You get bored with it, and you set it aside. You play with it, you use it, and then the shiny wears off. And where does it go? Into the back corners of our closets, into our garages, into our junk drawers at home. Our closets and our junk drawers and our garages are all witnesses of how our fickleness is a part of losing earthly treasure. If moths don't get it, if rust doesn't get it what does he say can happen to it it gets stolen from you thieves break in and steal uh, in in the culture to which jesus is speaking houses were not made of you know brick or, or stone really they, they were made of of, of clay maybe of, of mud and it would only be too easy for a thief in the quiet of the night to bore out a, a, a hole in that clay wall and to break in and to take that thing that you've pursued for so long. You go to bed and there it is. And you wake up and it's gone. Moths get it. Rust gets it. Thieves get it. Church, the very nature of earthly treasure is that it doesn't last. Nothing on earth lasts forever. Not even the most precious, not even the most priceless. So therefore, to store up for yourselves, to just be crazy about your pursuit of stuff, that is a fool's errand. It profits you nothing. Because you can't keep it. It is eventually lost. And then think about this. Even if, even if, throughout the entirety of your life, you could keep your cloth from being moth-eaten. You figure out a way. Even if, throughout the entirety of your life, you can keep your precious metals from being rusted. 
Even if you find a safe, a vault, that cannot be broken into, and you're able to keep those earthly treasures in that vault, and nobody can steal them, even if you are still going to lose them. Because one day, you and I will die. And when we die, we take nothing to heaven with us. We're going to get to heaven and stand before the Lord, and He is not going to be impressed at all by what we amassed on this earth. Number one, because He owns everything already. Your stuff is already His stuff before it's your stuff. And secondly, Luke 12, life doesn't consist of one's possessions. Death is a key that will absolutely unlock the vault where your stuff is, and it is the key that will make sure your stuff gets distributed to everybody else who comes after you. You take nothing into eternity. Job, chapter 1 and verse 21, after Job lost everything, what did he say? Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. I didn't bring anything into this, and I'm not taking anything when I go. He follows that with the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. We sang it earlier. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Turn to Ecclesiastes. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Pick up with me in verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 1. We're in Ecclesiastes to help us understand the, the absolute reality that eventually all earthly treasure is lost. Even if you can hold on to it until death, it's still going to be lost to you. Ecclesiastes 2, verse 1, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure. So enjoy yourself, and behold, it too is futility. I said of laughter, it is madness, and of pleasure, what does it accomplish? I explored my mind, how to stimulate my body with, with wine while my mind was guiding me wisely, and how to take hold of folly until I could see what good there is for the sons of men to do under heaven the few years of their lives. I enlarged my works. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself, and I planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made ponds of water for myself. You, you seeing a theme? From which to irrigate a forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves, and I had home-born slaves. Also, I possessed flocks and herds larger than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. Also, I collected for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I provided for myself male and female singers and the pleasures of men 
many concubines. Then I became great and increased more than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. My wisdom also stood by me. All that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart was pleased because of all my labor, and this was my reward for all my labor. Thus I considered all my activities which my hands had done, and the labor which I had exerted, and behold, all was vanity and striving after wind, and there was no profit under the sun. Look down to verse 18. Thus I hated all the fruit of my labor for which I had labored under the sun, for I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be a wise man or a fool. Yet, He will have control over all the fruit of my labor for which I have labored by acting wisely under the sun. This too is vanity. You get Solomon's point? I got all this stuff for myself. And guess what? I'm still going to die. And I'm still going to leave it to somebody coming after me. And I don't know if that guy's going to be wise or a fool. But it won't matter because I'm dead. It's all vanity, he says. There's no vault, no safe. There's no Loctite financial plan that can keep your earthly treasure with you forever. So, heed the warning of James chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. Come now, you rich Weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments have become moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have rusted and their rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasure. And so, in light of that warning, Proverbs 23 and verse 4, do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. First truth is that eventually all earthly treasure is lost. Secondly, verse 20, heavenly treasure is eternally secure. Verse 19, all earthly treasure is eventually lost. Verse 20, Heavenly treasure, though, is eternally secure. Look in verse 20. But, here's what we should do. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. What are these treasures in heaven? John Stott says that This has to do with anything on earth whose effects last for eternity. Stott's point is that storing up treasures for ourselves in heaven looks like taking the things of this world and using them, spending them, investing them for eternity. Treasures in heaven are those things that can't be moth-eaten. Uh, they, they can't be consumed by rust. They cannot be stolen. Treasures in heaven 
are the investment of temporary things with the yield being eternal things. To store up for yourselves treasures in heaven is to take your money and your resources, your property, your possessions, and to use them for God's glory and the advancement of His kingdom. It is to think about your money and your property and your possessions not with an eye to me and mine and self, but with an eye toward how can I use these earthly things to make eternal good and profits. It is to invest in kingdom ministry. It is to use your goods, your treasures, to evangelize the lost. For the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. Investing in other people. Giving to the local church. Funding the work of missions around the world. It is to stop wasting your life on things that do not matter and do not last. And it is to invest them because only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Paul would tell Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 verses 18 and 19, instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that, which is life indeed. Your life, Luke 12, does not consist in your possessions, so therefore do not spend your life trying to take hold of those possessions. Store up for yourselves the future of a good foundation and saints take hold of that, which is life indeed. Spend your life. Spend it. Don't rust out, wear out for the sake of the Gospel. Store up your treasures in heaven. If you can't prevent moth and rust, if you cannot prevent thieves, if you cannot avoid death, distributing your goods to someone else, then why on earth would we store up our treasure here? But, verse 20, invest your time, your energy, your money, your resources, your thoughts, your, your passions, your pursuits. Invest those for heavenly, eternal purposes. What are the two things that last forever? It has been said. The Word of God and the souls of men. That's what lasts forever. The Word of our Lord endures forever. We are made in the image of God. Every single person on the planet is. And so that means at least in part that every single person will live for all eternity either in heaven or in hell. Invest your life that one precious nickel of your life. Invest it in eternal things. I believe with all my heart that if every Christian in this country had the long view, 
had the eternal view. If they lived to invest in eternity, no church would ever have financial problems. No orphans would be on the streets. Every missionary around the world would be fully funded. And God's glory would be made known across the earth. And so I plead then with you. Stop and consider where, where is my treasure being stored up? In, in things that I can't keep? Or in eternity? Giving them back to God and saying, God, do with me whatever you want. Do with these resources that you have given to me, do with them whatever you want to make your glory known among the earth. Remember what he says in verse 20? The things that you store up in heaven, there's no consuming moth or rust there. Thieves aren't breaking in to the throne room of God and getting your stuff. They are eternally secure. Only what's done for Christ will last. And then thirdly, third truth about our treasure is that the location of your treasure evidences the location of your heart. The location of your treasure by the way, everybody's storing up treasure. The only question is, is it on earth or is it in heaven? And those really are your only two options. So then, the location of your treasure, your treasure boxes, that's evidencing, that's showing, that's revealing also the location of your heart. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, either on earth or in heaven, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The location of your treasure reveals, evidences the location of your heart. It evidences what our heart is set upon, where our heart truly lies. It evidences what our hearts truly love. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. If our treasure is stored up on earth, then what do we give evidence of? We give evidence that our hearts are earthly, worldly, that they love the world. If our treasure then, on the other hand, is stored up in heaven, then our hearts are heavenly. They love God, the things of God. That which you passionately pursue reveals what you truly love. How can we then determine where our treasure and therefore our heart lies. Let me just give you four questions to consider as you try to answer that question. How are we able to determine where our 
treasure, and therefore our hearts truly lie, just ask yourself maybe these four questions. There might be others that the Lord would bring to your mind. Number one, just ask yourself, what, what am I most passionate about? What am I most passionate about? Worldly possessions? Worldly things? The acquisition of more? Am I passionate about my financial security? Or am I passionate about the evangelism of the lost? Missionaries. The work of the local church in our local community. Secondly, what consumes your thoughts? In those rare moments when you get to kind of idle down for a minute, and you can kind of think about whatever you want to think about for a few minutes, what's consuming your thoughts? Worry over the next dollar? Worry that the next dollar won't be enough? Worry that you'll lose what you already have? Worry that your neighbor is getting something bigger, newer, and nicer than you? Or are your thoughts consumed by how to leverage your money, your resources, and your assets for God's glory? Thirdly, what do you spend the most time pursuing? Listen, there's nothing wrong with hobbies. I'm not saying that. There's nothing wrong with uh, having some, some things about earth that you enjoy. A hobby. Getting out. Doing whatever. But ask yourself, what do I spend the most time pursuing? The, the answer to that question is probably going to reveal the location of your treasure and of your heart. And then fourthly, what do you do with the resources that you do have? What do you do with the resources that you do have? Do you hoard them? Do you use them only for self? Is the idea of giving away your money just foolishness and laughable to you? Or, with the resources you do have, do you wisely, for the sake of gospel ministry, give your money away? Do you use your resources to meet needs? Do you use what God has given to serve God, to serve others, to bring joy to God and to others? There might be more questions that as you meditate on uh, verse 21, there might be more questions that pop into your mind that will help you diagnose where, where is my treasure and where then is my heart? But don't lose sight of the reality that the location of your treasure boxes where you're putting all your stuff, that that is a road map that is a blue line on the GPS that's leading you to the precise location of what you love. Of what consumes your heart. Of what dominates your passions, pursuits, desires. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, Jesus asks this piercing question. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world 
and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What use is it? What profit, really, what profit is it to you if you gain the entire world? And yet, in the pursuit of the whole world, you end up forfeiting your soul. Your soul remains lost. Not right with God. What profit is that? J.C. Ryle said this, Worldliness is one of the greatest dangers that besets men's souls. It's no wonder that we find our Lord speaking strongly about it. It is insidious, a plausible enemy. Worldliness seems so innocent. It seems so innocent to pay close attention to our business. It seems so harmless to seek our happiness in this world so long as we keep clear of open sins. Yet, here is a rock on which many make shipwreck to all eternity. They lay up treasure on earth and forget to lay up treasure in heaven. May we all remember this. Where are our hearts? What do we love best? Are our chiefest affections on things in earth or things in heaven? Life or death depends on the answer we can give to these questions. If our treasure is earthly, our hearts will be earthly also. Friends, where is your treasure? That's going to tell you where your heart is also. Remember I asked you earlier to not lose sight of the line, I rejoice in my Redeemer greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. If you are here this morning and your life right now is all about the pursuit of more, of earthly, of those tangible things you can get your hands on, I want to remind you that you're going to lose it eventually. But I also want to give you hope and tell you that there is a treasure you can gain today that will never be lost. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. An inheritance that moth and rust can't destroy, that thieves can't steal. It is locked tight in heaven through the blood and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stop pursuing stuff, thinking that that's going to fill you up and bring you joy and happiness, peace and contentment. 
If that's your pursuit, then you give evidence that your heart is earthly, not godly. And you must come to Christ this day. He must be your greatest treasure. Wellspring of your soul. Let me end with this. Because no sermon's complete without a Charles Spurgeon quote. To heaven we are going. To heaven we are going, saints. To heaven we are going. Let us send our treasures before us. There, they will be safe from decay and robbery, but in no other place may we reckon them to be secure. Lord, let me be rich towards Thee. I had better send on to my treasury in heaven more of my substance than I have already sent. I will at once remember the church and its missions, orphans, aged saints, and poor brethren. These are thy treasury boxes, and I will bank my money there. Only one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Let's pray. Oh God, show us. Help us. Help us to see. Help us to see what our eyes maybe don't even want to see. What they can't see. God, show us the location of our treasure and of our hearts. God, stir in us a passionate pursuit of heavenly things, of heavenly treasure. God, if necessary, convict us of not being good stewards of what You've entrusted to us, of not leveraging what we have, for eternity. God, may it be that from this day forward, oh God, that we would spend our lives this one precious nickel, God, to make Your glory known in this building, in this community, across this region, across the world. God, I pray that by Your grace, on the day when our eyes open in glory, God, that You in that moment will allow us to see all the yield of our heavenly investment. And God, we will know in that moment that it was worth it all. So God, do in us now what You will. We ask and pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Church.